Hey guys, I hope you all had a joyful weekend celebrating Juneteenth and Father's Day and the official beginning of summer. I personally got to spend some time with my own dad, which was pretty special given the whole quarantine thing. Um, And I don't know about you, uh, I have talked to a lot of photographers recently who feel like they're hitting kind of an energy wall. This year is extra special, obviously, for many reasons, but I think even um, under more normal circumstances, we all have a tendency at some point, you know, in between seasons or whatever, to kind of hit this, um, uh, even if you're generally a pretty motivated person, you can hit kind of a wall where you just like feel depleted and you don't know what to do next and you don't really have a lot of um, internal direction. So (laughs) I am here like the Kool-Aid man to help you break through that wall. And, um, and my goal for today's podcast is that it gives you some motivation and some really, um, some very actionable items to put on your to-do list so that you walk away with something really great to dig into. And today we're going to be talking specifically about building and nurturing your email list. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. This is not probably the most exciting topic for everybody to think about, but it might be if you're like, I think most photographers, you fall into one of a couple of categories. Either you have a small email list, but you don't really do much with it. Maybe you have like a newsletter sign up on your email on your website somewhere, um, and you maybe have I don't know, 30 or 40 or 50 people who over the years have just kind of happened on there. And maybe you send out an email once or twice a year with like, hey, I'm going to do mini sessions. But that is a pretty, um, it's what we call a dead email list in the in the industry. <laughs> um, or maybe you don't have an email list at all and you are hard pressed to be convinced to add this other thing to your to-do list or, you know, you don't, you just don't want to deal with it. Um, So today I'm going to talk first about why I think an email list is a really important thing for photographers and, um, and, uh, yeah, get into that a little bit. Then I'm going to walk you very much step-by-step, um, through how to manage your email list, both how to get it started and then how to nurture it over time. Um, and I'm going to try and do all of that in a relatively short period of time and in a way that is very bullet pointed. And I've got a freebie for you guys today, um, so you'll be able to take action even more easily. So as far as why an email list is important, um, photography is one of those things where 99% of people who first come across your work are not going to be ready to book you. So the first time somebody sees your work, it might be because a friend showed them a photo on Instagram or, you know, they went over to their house and saw a photo on the wall. Oh, who's your photographer? And it's you. And your name comes up and you come onto their radar. And then maybe they end up, you know, going through your Instagram feed for a while or they're hanging out and looking at your stuff on Facebook. Hopefully they end up on your website 
And on your website is where you're going to invite them to join your email list. But the thing is, if you don't capture their email at that time, all you can do from that point forward is hope. Hope that they remember who you are. Hope that they think of you at some point when they're ready to spend money. Hope that they ever, you know, that Instagram ever serves up your stuff to them again. All of those things are outside of your control. However, if you get their email address and they stay on your email list, they don't unsubscribe, you have control over when and what you um, you start to connect with them over. So again, a lot of people have talked about this, so it's probably not brand new to you, but I am going to reiterate because it bears repeating that you don't own your Instagram feed, you don't own your Facebook feed or your Facebook page or your followers on either of those um, platforms, the platforms themselves own it. They control it. They could shut you down. Um, They change the algorithm all the time. So, you know, maybe at one point a thousand people saw every post that you made and now 10 people see every post that you make. I mean, there are certainly ways to manipulate that. Um, but it's not, uh, it's, it's not ultimately truly under your control. Whereas outside of someone's spam filter filtering you out, you do have control over when you email them. And even if someone, somebody said this one time, uh, and I think it's so true. Even if someone doesn't open your email, they see your name in their inbox, right? They see your business's name. Maybe they just like automatically delete it because they're not in any way interested in hiring a photographer right now. But if they're not unsubscribing, that means that they're still in some way, shape or form open to the concept of working with you in the future or they are interested enough in what you have to say and share that they um, that they keep you, you know, coming up in your in their inbox. So Um, having that control and having the ability to nurture what at the beginning of the relationship is just sort of like a, oh, I really like their work. That's a good photographer. Over time using email, you can actually become a real person to that person. Even if, um, you know, even if you don't, don't have the opportunity yet to meet them in person or get on the phone with them, if you're sending them, you know, an email every other week uh, where you're kind of in their ear talking about what's going on locally, what's going on with you personally, that sort of thing. You're developing a relationship with them. Um, so, you know, the other thing about email marketing is that it is free or very, very inexpensive. Um, with Facebook or Instagram, again, those are free to use, but if you want guaranteed eyeballs on what you're Um, what you're putting out there, you have to pay to advertise. Um, And, you know, generally Facebook ads are not something that most photographers use. And if they are using them, they don't use them generally pretty well. I think our industry has a long way to go on that. More on that perhaps at another time. But, um, and then the final piece, you know, so what I've said thus far, most of your audience, when they first come to you, they're not ready to book. Um, Email gives you control over the relationship and it gives you the opportunity to nurture the relationship for free or very cheap. Um, And then the other nice piece about an email list is that over time, you're actually collecting data that you can watch and see. You can see what people are responding to. 
You can see, you know, which emails are being opened. If you've got things, calls to action, you can see who's taking action on those things. And watching that data um, and bonus points, if you ever have people responding to your newsletters, those are, um, that is gold. That is a two-way relationship, which is really, really what you want. Um, but being an, being able to keep an eye on the data, and I, I would suggest one thing if you're new or you have a very small list, if you've got people, um, if you're watching and you see that certain people are opening your emails on a regular basis, like every week your email comes in and that person has opened it within um, an hour or maybe they open it three or four times, if you don't know that person, maybe go follow them on Instagram. Maybe ping them, you know, DM them or Facebook them. That may feel stalkery to you. Um, and obviously, if it does, don't do it. But it also may just make them aware. You know, if they're following you on Instagram and you follow them back and then maybe you comment on a couple of their photos or you have some reason to DM them, again, you're establishing yourself more as a human being. All of this stuff, it helps build you um, as a trustworthy person in their mind. Um, if it is someone you know, you know, if it's one of your old clients or something and they're always opening your emails, maybe reading them a couple of times, it's time to reach out to them. Like send them a note, send them a DM, email them. Hey, I was thinking of you. Um, You email them personally and it can be, you don't have to sales pitch them at all. You can just reach out and say hi. Sometimes when somebody is that actively engaged, it's a good sign that they are like on the cusp of getting ready to hire you and you can just kind of give them a gentle nudge in that direction. And if they don't hire you, well, then you've become an even more, you know, you've become an even bigger presence in their minds. So that is my argument for why setting up an email list is important and why I think you um, can and should do it. But then there's the matter of how to do it. So if you are brand new to starting an email list, um, then the first thing you need to do is set up a lead magnet of some kind. And a lead magnet is, you know, it sounds, that probably sounds a little business speak-y, but it's, um, it, it is what it says it is. It basically is hopefully um, going to be reaching out to people who could potentially book you, so leads, uh, and it's drawing them in like a magnet. <laughs> so it's a simple concept. And you can do that one of many ways. And that is where today's freebie comes in. I've actually put together... Um, a list of 15 ideas for good photographer lead magnets um, because I think that sometimes just coming up with what to do is the hardest part. Um, and then I've also put in that PDF some do's and don'ts. It's just like a little checklist that will hopefully get your um, your brain working and help you come up with a quick and easy uh, lead magnet that will reach out to your Bluebird clients. So... Um, So the reason that you want to set up a lead magnet before you do anything else is because that is going to be sort of the cornerstone of how you're going to build your email list. The next thing, simultaneous, I guess you could do these in either order, is going to be setting up an email service provider. So um, in the interest of keeping things simple, there are a lot of email service providers out there. You are not going to email your email list from your uh, Gmail account or even your, you know, photography specific email account. You need to have a specific, a setup email service provider. So hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. 
Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Again, in the interest of simplicity, there are so many of them um, and they range in a whole bunch of different features. The good news is you don't need anything fancy. Um, you're basically, you're not going to be doing tons of like segmenting and all that sort of thing. You could get into that in the future, but chances are if you're just working to to try and nurture photography leads, you can just keep a really simple s- system going. So you could use Mail- MailChimp. They are... Um, obviously very well known and it's free you can have a free mail chip chimp account up to a certain number of subscribers and i think it's like 2000 so that will get you really far you do not need to worry about um anything else right at the beginning if budget is your primary concern the da- i used mailchimp for a long time um the downside to mailchimp is just that it's kind of clunky uh the emails are not as pretty they're not as easy to set up it's a little bit more like you're coding a website page um it's doable it is not in any way impossible but it's not it's not all that uh, aesthetically pleasing which can be a little frustrating especially to those of us who are working in the aesthetic realm so the other alternative that i would give you is what I use, which is Flowdesk, um, which is a brand new email service provider that is still in beta at the time of this recording. Um, They developed this email service provider pretty specifically for people in um, more art-related fields. It's beautiful, it's very drag and drop, it's very simple. Um, but it does have a price tag. So it's currently $19 a month. I don't know what that is going to do once they are out of beta, and I don't know when they're going to be out of beta. Um, But if you are interested in looking into Flowdesk um, and you sign up for my freebie, if you go to the bottom of the email that delivers your freebie from me, or if you're already on my email list, if you just go to any of my emails, and you go to the bottom, it says made, I think it says made with love in Flowdesk. You can just click on that and that will link you to the website and you can sign up for a free trial and um, and it will allow you into the beta. So that's Flowdesk. It's really pretty. It's $20 a month versus MailChimp. And then if you are just dying to deep dive down a rabbit hole of finding other email service providers, certainly be my guest. There are lots of other features out there. I would just encourage you to keep it keep it simple and remember that you probably don't need tons and tons of data and things like that. You just need a simple email service provider. So you've set up your lead magnet. You um, have set up your email service provider. So the next thing you need to do is send out your initial email. Um, and this is true whether you have a list, you just haven't really been sending regular emails, or if you are brand new um, to sending out email newsletter type things, then um, then you'll have a, a kickstart email. 
So you're basically going to send your lead magnet to your initial list. And if you're starting with a list of zero, I would say put all of your former clients in that list and send them this email and say, hey, I'm starting this newsletter and I'm, you know, I've added you here. You can always unsubscribe at the bottom. It's good to remind people of that. And that's the other piece about having a dedicated email service provider. Not only does it look and feel more um, professional, it gives you more data, but it also uh, helps you adhere to laws like the Can Spam Act. So someone needs to be able to unsubscribe to your newsletter um, by law. <laughs> so don't don't go skirting around that particular thing. Um, and then you're going to send out this email and you're going to say, hey, I created this resource for you and I am really excited to share it with you. Please feel free to forward this email along to anyone else. I plan to send out really good content and um, and I, I want you to walk them through what your plan for the newsletter is. And I'm going to walk you through what I think your plan for the newsletter should be here in just a few minutes. So if you're starting from true scratch and maybe you're new to business and you don't have more than a couple of former clients or any former clients at all, you may be wondering like, well, who do I send this to? In that case, I would absolutely suggest that you send this to all of your local friends, family, people you know through work, whatever, and say, hey, you may know I'm starting a photography business, I'm going to be doing this newsletter, and I have um, this resource, this freebie that I've put together for, um, that I would love to share with you. And I would ask that if you know anyone who, and then whatever your niche is, so you know anybody who's getting married, anyone who um, may be getting married, anyone who has a family, anyone who's expecting a baby, whatever it is, you know, whoever your target market is, Ask the people you know to share your freebie with those people. And then you send them a link to the freebie to share with people so that those people then have to opt in to the email list um, to get the freebie. And so this is the part that I feel like a lot of people get hung up on and they don't follow through on. It's just sitting down and writing a newsletter. So I want to give you a very simple way to plan out a year's worth of newsletters so that you can set one up and send it in less than an hour. So the first step is that you sit down for less than an hour <laughs> and you brainstorm a list of 13 things that are important to your clients. So these can be photo related. There should be some that are photo related, but there can also be plenty that are not photo related. If you are a family photographer, maybe your clients are interested in things like family-friendly restaurants or recipes um, or local things to do with your kids or, you know, pediatricians or whatever it is that um, your people are talking with their friends about, things that they are thinking about, things that might inspire them. Um, other things that are semi-photo related, like maybe a local art festival that happens every year or something like that. Um, juggling the responsibilities of being a working parent. These are all things that families, you know, the parents and families might be interested in or thinking about. Once you have that list of 13 things, I want you to go through and for each item in your list, I want you to write two sentences that will become the prompt for a short email. So if it's family-friendly recipes, you could literally just think of two of your own favorite recipes that you serve, or maybe a funny story about 
a failure recipe that you tried to put together. Um, or if it's local things to do with your kids and you have kids, maybe, you know, schedule, like I'm going to talk about the, you know, maybe every year you go strawberry picking with your kids and around that time of year, you'll tell a story about going strawberry picking with your kids. Um, these things can be informative. They can be funny. They can be anecdotal, whatever they don't, we're talking about like 250 to 500 words. It does not have to be long at all. And then once you've got those two sentences for each of those 13 things, you have exactly the right number for a year's worth of newsletter topics um, scheduled every two weeks. So you go through and you put that sentence in your calendar on your computer. And then that day you sit down, you look at the sentence, you take the email prompt and you write your email. Set your timer for an hour. Do not allow this to become some sort of thing that bogs you down for an entire day. It's just a week, a, a semi-weekly check-in, right? Um, and then when you sit down to write the email, you're going to do whatever your prompt tells you to do. You're going to sprinkle in some, you know, personal stuff or local stuff or, you know, maybe the weather's been really bad or whatever. You can talk about that. And then at the bottom of every other week's email, you are going to include a featured photo. Now, this does not have to be additional work. If you're already going on Instagram every day and posting a photo on Instagram, take one of your photos from the last two weeks of Instagram. Take a photo from a shoot that you just did. Write a couple of sentences about it. This is not one of the like 2010 blog posts all about you know your feelings for this family. It can just be like, I thought this photo was hilarious because... Or I took this photo of my own kids and it hit me in the heart because something like that. So it's your featured photo. Um, your clients are going to start loving to see themselves there. And this gives people who haven't yet hired you a really big motivator for hire for hiring you. The, I could have my kids could be the featured photo in the newsletter. Um and that's it. Then you sign off, you send your email, and you come back and do it again two weeks later. Um, obviously, I should this should go without saying, but um, if you're running a special or anything like that, you put that in the newsletter for sure, 100%. And when you're inviting people to, to join your newsletter, um, you want to tell them that they are going to get special access to deals as well. I would not, when you um, invite people to sign up for your newsletter, I would not call it a newsletter. Um, I would come up with a name for it. I would, you know, my photo business is called Megapixie and um, my, my <laughs> you guys, I have the silliest names. Um, my email newsletter is called uh, Pixie Dust and it's like a little, you know, sprinkle of something fun in your day. Anyway, so it's... Um, don't judge me too harshly on that. It doesn't have to be super serious. It doesn't have to be great. It's just like a hey note from a friend. And if you um, are able to make it something that people come to look forward to, you are absolutely in clover. It's a great thing. Um, and again, that's what this newsletter concept is all about. It is not about the hard sell. It's about building trust. It is about establishing a long-term relationship with potential clients and staying top of mind for your previous clients. Um, and if you listen to last week episodes about the four episode about the four quadrants, you know that this one is all about the stability quadrant. So I hope that gives you something really good to do with your week this week. If you, um, 
set up a newsletter, I want you to send it to me <laughs> at hello at this can't be that hard.com. And I am really looking forward to seeing what you get. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.